welcome, welcome to the Heads Together podcast. Excited, Jazzy. Excited because one of my amazing private clients, Alicia Rodriguez, is joining me today. Alicia is going to blow your mind. She is a writer, published author. She's about to publish her third book, I believe, next year. Here's a potted history of Alicia. She's lived in six countries. She's traveled all over the world. So Alicia is now based in the Algarve of Portugal, and she runs incredible retreat experiences for women. I'm going to let Alicia tell you a bit more about these because to say it's a retreat kind of doesn't do it justice. These are really immersive experiences with Alicia where the transformations that she gets for her clients who come to her with big existential questions, the transformations Alicia gets with them are nothing short of just incredible. Hence the hundreds of testimonials of beautiful, beautiful words written by her past clients about her. And you can check out the links in the show notes for all of the places where Alicia is online. But Alicia's joining me today just to to talk us through a little bit about the kind of work she does in these experiences in, in Portugal and about the balance that we all seek really between that masculine and feminine energy of doing and being. I'm going to leave it at that for now because I want Alicia to tell you her story and God, it's a goodie. It's a goodie. So let's dive in. Welcome, welcome to the Heads Together podcast. I'm Jill Mokes and I am obsessed with cutting through the noise when it comes to growing your business. Each week, via intimate coaching conversations and inspirational stories, I share what it really takes to get the results you want in a way that feels right to you. I am all about attracting higher ticket opportunities, building authentic relationships and creating the abundant, full fat version of your dream business. I mean, how many of us have beavered away creating a light version of what we really want? The thing is, I honestly believe when you're outstanding at what you do, there is no limit to what you can achieve. So, are you ready to put our heads together and make it happen? Let's go. Alicia, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me, Jill. Oh my goodness, my pleasure. <laughs> Very excited about our conversation. It's going to be good. Uh, so am I. And for those of you listening who don't already know Alicia, Alicia is, amongst many things, one of my precious private clients. This is an extra special treat for me today to kind of share her with you. Alicia, you know what? There are so many directions this conversation could go in today. And it's been really tough to kind of think about. And everyone listening, you know me, I don't overly plan these sessions for a very good reason, because I don't want to know where the conversation is going to go. I want it to be a very organic conversation. But Alicia, I wonder if we could kick off by you just sharing with the audience a little bit about what you're doing now and where you are in the world now, because that hasn't been fixed for that long. No, it hasn't. First of all, 
Hello, whoever's out there. It's a real pleasure to be having this conversation with Joe. Yes, I have a story. I probably have many stories, but I live in Portugal. I live in the Algarve in a little fishing village called Ferragudo. And I moved to Portugal in December of 2020 without ever having visited, without knowing a soul, without knowing the language. I just decided it was time to leave Ecuador, whereas I had built a retreat center and I'd been living there for six years. And it was it was time to go. It seems I keep going from one fishing village to the next. Uh, and I love living on the Algarve because I live near the cliffs and they are so much a part of like who I am and the way I ground in the world and the way I help my clients also through personal retreats. And it's also an opportunity for me to continue working on my third book because of the environment here is just so stunningly gorgeous that you can't help but be filled up every time you're outside. So that's like the brief version of my story. <laughs> it is. It is the brief version. And uh, I, I kind of want to share everything with everyone all at once. So I'm trying to hold myself back. Just a note on Portugal. Honestly, whenever we are coaching together and you have the backdrop behind you of the cliffs, I literally sit here with acute life envy. Because it is stunning. <laughs> it's absolutely stunning, as I hope to see for myself later this year. Yes. I mean, it is. It's absolutely beautiful. And I think you're right. I think how could anyone not be inspired when they come with that and immerse themselves into the nature that you've got all around you? And that's quite a big part of what you do, actually, with your clients. Tell us a bit about that, because I know you've had various iterations of what you do in terms of coaching and holding retreats. But I think what you do with your clients is so much more than a retreat. Is that fair to say? I think I feel like it's so much of a an immersive experience when people come to you. It's very special. The first thing is that, you know, I had a business in the United States. I was a leadership coach for many, many, many years. And that kind of evolved into more personal coaching. And when I was in Ecuador, that was the reason for building the retreat center was I realized that a big part of people developing themselves is also healing the wounded parts of themselves. And I think unless people become aware and kind of embrace those wounds, they're never going to be able to go to the next place. And so here in Portugal, because the environment is so gorgeous, it allows me to bring people into a full bodied experience. So I'm not just working like in the traditional coach model where it's it's a lot of it is it's like head up. It's very mental. This is an embodied experience. So even even the word immersive takes on a different kind of quality because I want you in your body and I want you in your heart and I want you in your mind and I want you in your soul. And and this environment because you don't have the crutches that you depend on to distract yourself from home you don't have the responsibilities and obligations that pull you away from listening to your own voice. This is the perfect environment. So I curate a set of experiences for people who come with what I call their burning question. Mm -hmm. And these questions are existential in nature. They're not like, how do I get a raise or how do I get promoted? They're like, I'm going through some kind of transition. I don't understand it. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what to do with the rest of my life. It could be like, I want to grow my business, but I don't know how to do that. And really, ultimately, the business stuff 
is completely connected to the personal stuff. But I think a lot of people don't recognize that. I completely agree. Yeah. And and they come thinking that it's going to be like business development. It's not. It's going to be like, who are you? What is it that you care about enough to devote a significant part of your life to creating? What is that? And that's a completely different conversation. And then I challenge people by putting them in situations that open them up or challenge some of the beliefs and assumptions they have. And and oftentimes those beliefs and assumptions are really limiting them. And by the way, just to be specific, 99% of my clients are women. It's not that I don't work with men. It's just, I think the invitation really resonates with women because honestly, they're very courageous. Absolutely. Yeah. They come here with a lot of courage and I interview people. Not everybody comes because I don't take everyone. You have to come with something significant. You're not coming here to just, I'm not a tour guide. Yeah, this isn't a holiday. And I think that the piece around stepping out of your current environment, it's like stepping away so that you can actually see the reality of your life. And you can't do that when I tell people, if your nose is up against the mirror, you're not going to see your image. You have to pull your face away from the mirror to see it. I love. Yeah. And so that's the pulling away. And I do sort of challenge the word retreat because it's not like I'm escaping from something. It's actually, I am re-engaging in a completely different way. And the week here teaches you how to re-engage in a way that's more aligned with what you care about today and more authentic and gives you actually more joy and less stress. So that's where my retreats are different. They're not, hey, I'm running a retreat for 10 people from such and such a date to such and such a date, sign up, and nobody knows each other. Yeah, yeah. These are like curated. And then the other retreats that I run are called restorative circles. And they're a small group of uh, like a cohort. So I recently ran, four women came, they all knew each other, they were in a mastermind, but they didn't come for business. They came because they recognized in their mastermind that their self-care was very poor. They were always putting themselves last. Mm -hmm. And they didn't know how to integrate wellness and self-care in a holistic way and still run a business, have a family, you know, and all these other obligations. And so the restorative circles are people coming to me and saying, I have a small group of people and we want to do some kind of work together with you. And then I curate that. That's the word, isn't it? This is what makes what you do so different, really, to anyone that I know in this space. And that is, this is completely curated for each individual or group, to the extent that you shared with me before, that I know that you've had some amazing results with clients that have come to you and you've curated really out of the box experiences for them with horses and all different kinds of things. And I think you once shared with me that often you won't even know until you spend time with that person what that week is going to look like. You'll have an idea of the flow that you want for the week, but you won't have every moment mapped out before they come because so much that you do is intuitive, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, I try to explain that to people, which is great because the people who can't handle uncertainty are the ones who are going to struggle the most or they're not going to come. And that's fine. I always say creation only happens in the void. 
It only happens in the unknown. And so the invitation is to step into the unknown, but not alone. Yeah, I'm with you, but I'm also stepping into the unknown with you. And that's why it's not a, a week that is, there's an agenda or there's a, a path to follow. I often just on the fly, just divert because the energy that's with the person is shifting in a different direction than I expected. And I'm all about going with the energy. I'm not, I'm not about like, oh, we have to do this. Or we have to do that. It's like I'm teaching people as I'm doing it to recognize the flow of their own energy, not to deny it or not to ignore it, but to say, okay, it's okay to shift gears right now. It's okay to do something different. And inevitably, whatever that different thing is, is the perfect thing. Like I really have radical trust in the process. And to a great extent, I have radical trust in my own intuition because I've honed it and I've done a ton of work on myself to get to where I am today and to be able to really hold space for someone for a week, which is, it takes me about four days to recover. I should think it does. I could imagine it does. I know for myself how I feel after a coaching session. After a single coaching session with a client, I would never dream of then jumping on another session straight afterwards because I need a little time to just come down from that session, kind of clear my mind again and recover. So I can only imagine what a week of intense work with a client is like. But here's the thing, that is why the results are so transformative, isn't it? Because you're investing so much into it. I am. It's not like I'm with the person 24-7, but they are with me 24-7. Like they're in my space, they're in my consciousness, they're in my energy field. And I really, one of the things I tell them is there is a lot of empty space, a lot of quiet time built into those weeks because the integration of the experience has to take time. It has to have space to integrate. So sometimes I ask them to go do things like, watch a sunset for three nights in a row, or I'll have them go a very high intentional walk on the beach and pick three items that they find in nature on their walk and tell me a story about it or write a poem about it or journal about it. And oftentimes those things bring back memories. And so that gives me a clue as to where kind of the energetic log jam might be. And then I can work with that. And the thing is that these are embodied experiences. They're not sitting at a desk. They're walking a beach or they're hiking the cliffs. Or I'd love to share my story about the client that had this like big aha about her business. I'd love you to. I told you I was really highly intuitive. And I get like downloads, if you will, or messages. And it was back in um, September. And for a while, I'd been thinking about doing a new branding effort and I'd been working with Lauren, who we both know. I knew I wanted to do it, but I didn't know what it looked like. Like I couldn't define what it was. So in September one morning, I woke up with a little voice in my head saying, your life is your work. And I, I wrote it down and I thought, your life is your work. What does that mean? And it was more like a riddle. It wasn't like I knew it wasn't supposed to be taken at face value. It was like, okay, your life is your work. And so I would like hold the question when I would walk in the cliffs and stuff. And then November, I had a, a woman come. She came thinking that she was going to work on her business. She said, you know, she wanted to pivot. She wanted to change it. She wasn't sure how. She was confused. She had already started doing some copywriting. 
she didn't do the stuff that she needed to do before the copyright. (laughs) And so she came and we had several conversations. We, you know, we did work on her business, but I would still include a lot of these things that are embodied practices. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Thursday, so she was leaving on a Saturday and the Thursday before she left, I took her to the West coast of the Algarve, which is a really kind of like wild coast. It's like, the waves are like, you know, 20 feet high as they smash against the cliffs and it's windy and it's just incredibly raw. And it's one of my favorite places to be. And nature is at its most powerful in that spot. And so I had her stand on the boardwalk and I just said, I just want you to be open and present to your surroundings and stay as long as you want. I'm going to be over here. And, and when you're ready, come back. And so she stood there for about 10 or 15 minutes. When she came back, I noticed that she had been crying, but I didn't say anything. The next day when we had our last, what I call focus session, I asked her, I said, you know, I did notice that you had tears in your eyes after you came back from the edge of the, of the cliff. I said, do you want to talk to me about that? And she said to me, she says, you know, I was standing there and I was watching like the waves and the wind. And and I was feeling like this, like huge thing opening up in me. And it was just so stunningly beautiful. And I thought, you know, the ocean isn't asking permission. The, The waves aren't asking permission. The wind isn't asking permission. Why do I keep asking permission to do my business? Wow. The way I want to do it. And she said, I realized I had lost my wild. And so I thought that was a great phrase because I'm standing in this wild place and I realized I completely lost my wild. I had tried so hard to conform to what everyone else was telling me I should do and the way I should run my business and who should be my client and what I should offer. And she says, and I got completely disconnected from what I wanted, who I was. And I thought that was just so brilliant and so touching And then she paused and she looked at me and she says, you know, your life is your work. And I was like, what did you just say? Ah, (laughs) I've got such goosebumps. What did you say? And she says, your life is your work. She says, everything that you do here with me, it's like your life is your work. And every single cell in my body got it. Wow. Like what I hadn't been able to understand Every single cell in my body got it. I knew exactly what my brand was. I knew exactly what I was going to do. And most importantly, I knew what I was going to let go of. And that is the most important part. We know that, don't we? Yes. Part of this process is what can I let go of that doesn't belong to allow what does belong to thrive, right? I know. And it was it's scary to do that, right? Because you go, I've depended on this for so long. And then this is where like the radical trust stuff comes in. It's like you have to trust that if you're showing up authentically and, and honestly and you care and you've done your work, the universe will reward you. I firmly believe that. And it is doing your work too. It's not just sitting and meditating and not doing anything, right? But it is that point. And so this, I lost my wild. One of the things I, I noticed is was like, I need a little more of that. Not like I lost my wild, but I think I need to tweak my wild. <laughs> and, and I need step, to tweak my wild. <laughs> I love it. Wild and step in and step out in a more visible way. And then that's how I knew 
okay, I am now ready for a branding effort. And I am now ready. And, you know, with you, Jill, also strategically looking at, okay, now that I have this message and I've honed it and I've, I, and you helped me let go of things that I was really nervous about letting go of because you really did point out that it's like carrying baggage that you don't need to carry. You can let it go. It's okay. It doesn't diminish what was done before. It doesn't diminish the past in any way. I look at it as an amplification. It's not even so much as a change or a letting go. I kind of look at it as all the stuff that I've done up until now culminates in my ability to do the work I do now at the level I do it. That is just so well put. Everything that's gone before has contributed to where you are now and the work you do now. Everything. Right. Everything. And in ways that I would not have predicted. I'm stepping into the flow of my life and of my business because my work is my life. That is the best story. I just, that is so good. So good. And that woman, that experience she had, that's true transformation. I think we, especially as coaches, I think we bandy around the word transformation all of the time. But I think spending that week with you holding space for her with you giving her, you said something earlier, which really resonated with me, which is that creation happens in the void. I really believe that because otherwise it's just innovating something that already exists or redesigning it. Right. And also consumption drowns creativity. And it's only when we do shut out that noise, isn't it? And really listen. And I guess that's what she did that moment on that cliff is she shut out everything else and allowed to come to her whatever was meant for her. And that's transformation. Yeah, it was. And literally that Friday, we tore up everything she had from before she came. I'm serious. All the, all the copy, we dumped it. And we just said, okay, and this is what what I, what you're talking about, creation happens in the void. We started from zero. We just went to zero, went to zero and said, okay, forget everything you know. What's here? What's here in the void? What is it that you want to create? How do you want to do your business? Who are you to do it? And so it was transformation in the sense of, I always say that my idea of transformation is, did you leave differently than when you came? That's right. And that's how I know. It's not like you go on vacation, you sit on the beach and have margaritas. And when you leave, nothing has changed in your life. Nothing. You might feel a bit rested. But like sustainably, it really hasn't changed. And when people leave here, they leave differently and they start behaving differently at home because on the last day, I give them practices that if they continue these practices that they've been learning with me through the week, they can sustain that change and they can sustain whatever transition it is that they're going through. Mm. So until they get to the point where they arrive, although we never really arrive, do we? (laughs) We're always on that journey. I wonder if you'll agree with this, but I see so many women who think that the problem is in their business. So something isn't working in their business and they think that they must be doing something wrong or there must be something that they don't know that they need to implement. They're really wrestling with this business and they're not growing it. And they look at more successful people and they think, gosh, you know, 
look at so-and-so. She gets to be, her business is at such a level now that she gets to be who she really, truly, authentically is. And she gets to do what she loves for a living. You know, when I get my business to that point, that, that'll be me. And of course, it's completely the opposite. It's when you embrace who you truly are and uncover who that is, and you decide what you truly want and align your business to that, that's when the success comes. The authenticity and the clarity around what you want are the prerequisites. They're not the rewards of success. I imagine that to be the case, and correct me if I'm wrong, but with the women that come to you, they're they're often wrestling with the wrong question. Yes, they always bring the wrong question. I always know it's like the woman who came about her business, I knew it was like, nah, that's not why you're coming to me. Because what they can go on to do once they have done that is unlimited. It's limitless, as you would say. It is limitless. And you make a really good point that I want to go back to. I think, especially women, we spend a lot of time comparing ourselves to others. And it's really what I call like a not enough conversation. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not big enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. And that's a scarcity conversation, right? And so that shows up in different places. But, you know, when I was running my leadership company, people were were always saying to me, oh, you know, you're doing so well, you know, you could grow this and it could be, you know, a multi-million dollar company. And every single time someone said that to me, I could feel every cell in my body cringe. But like my head was saying, oh, of course I should do that. Well, of course that must be my goal. And then I was like, I had like a come to Jesus moment. And I was like, I don't want that. And why isn't it okay for me to want my business just the way it is? (laughs) Because I had freedom. I had a family. I had time enough to write. So I kept thinking, I don't want to do the work. And I don't want to build a a huge corporation. I want to be able to know the names of all my clients. I want to know everything about them. And I want to be able to anticipate their needs. I don't want to be this like anonymous something out there. But the point is that we compare and then somehow like she had to give herself permission to do her business her way. And I think, especially in the American culture where you're always told bigger is better, more is better. It's not. And you mentioned something when we talked about letting go of things, but like I I use the word honing. It's like honing in on the thing that makes you especially good at what you do. And that is, it is, it is the offer. It's honing in on that and kind of like not being distracted by the noise around that, that the world tells you you should be. I could not agree more. I would love a pound for every time someone has said to me, you need to step out away from one-to-one coaching. It's not scalable. Because my response to that is, So you're asking me to stop doing the thing I absolutely love. I would have to be insane to step away from that. That is madness. But you are so right. It has become such a narrative that I don't think that many people stop and question it. Is growth what I actually want? Is scaling what I want? Or do I want a business that gives me riches in other ways? Does it pay me in freedom? Does it pay me in relationships? I don't think many people realize that that's a choice they can make too. Right. It really is a way of redefining success. Like for me, my primary motivator 
the filter I run everything through me is, is this going to maintain my freedom or is this going to compromise my freedom? Because mm-hmm. for me being free and free to choose different things, free to, you know, spend my time a certain way, no amount of money is worth my freedom. And it doesn't have to be an either or either. It's like, I, do you have money or do you have freedom? No, you can have both. Yeah. Like what you said, it's based on looking at your life and thinking, this is what I do. This is important to me. And this other thing is important to me. And then I find a way to integrate both. And so when I realized my life is my work, I realized I had done that. It's like people come and they spend time with me, but you're in my life, like literally in my life, which is makes me completely unique because most people, you're just a retreat person, right? Well, no. Which is why I struggle to call what you do retreats because they're just, I know it, it's not. I don't know what the, the other name is. I don't know. Experiences. It's experiences. Yeah. It's a, it is like no other. Very, very unique. Right. So with that in mind, Alicia, that misalignment between who we are and either what we believe is the goal we should be going for or what we believe is the only goal available to us, that feels to me like it stems from that misalignment. Because I think that when we really uncover that truth of our own authenticity, of who we really, really are, our real opinions, our real preferences, likes, dislikes, purpose, values, all of those things, I feel like the other things open up And is that your experience with the women that you work with, that in terms of the what they believe is available to them and what they believe is possible for them and their freedom to choose big or small in terms of their goals, does that become easier when people get that clarity and reclaim their wild, (laughs) you know, when they come to you? I'm stuck on the word easier. So I I don't think it's easier in the sense of I mean, you still have to do the work. So that's where I'm getting stuck. I really feel like the stress that a lot of women feel around their lives of their business is because of that misalignment. And I call that like the misalignment between my inner world and my outer world. So am I showing up in the outer world different than how I feel inside? I'm not owning my own gifts or my own limitations too, because we all have them, right? You're right. There is that kind of idea that you can you have, first of all, people aren't conscious of the misalignment. And so like the recent retreat person that came here a couple of weeks ago, when she gave me her testimonial, she alluded to that. She said in her testimonial, Alicia showed me what I didn't know I couldn't see. What I didn't know I couldn't see, which is more than just couldn't see it. She didn't even know she couldn't see it. Complete (laughs) blind spot, complete blind spot complete blind spot. And that's the clarity, Mm. right? That's the point where you do have like an insight that is strong enough for you to say something has to change. But now I kind of know what I didn't know before. The set of experiences that I put people through is a way of revealing these unknown things because we're standing in the unknown, right? Revealing these unknown things. And then now we can get a hold of it. Now we can say, okay, look at that. We didn't know that that was there. Okay, now that we know that that is there or that you want this to be a particular way, let's work on that. Mm. And the other thing I want to say is it takes time. And I think people think that, you know, I'm not aware of one week 
might be transformative in, in that shift, but like it took me two, two and a half years between Ecuador and here for me to land in a grounded way and actually find my wild, you know, or actually understand these are practices. And the point is to be consistent in practices and they're reflective practices. Yeah. And so in the United States, I'll just speak for the United States, we're very action oriented. Do, 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 do. And anything that is B is seen as a waste of time and it's not. And so that clarity comes from being still. It's not a waste of time. It's actually essential (laughs) to have quiet time so you can hear that voice that says, no, I don't think that's who you are. I think you're this other kind of person and it's okay. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And also allowing that allows yourself to reconnect with that intuition because intuition is something else that needs quiet. It needs stillness. It needs focus to be able to listen to it properly. And you're so right. I think that masculine energy of do, do, do constantly is so counter to that, that that's where the problems creep in a lot is that people are, number one, they don't want things to take the time they take. Right. So they don't want that to be the answer. Unfortunately, it's the answer. To many, many things in life, the answer is it takes time <laughs> because it's our precious, most precious commodity. So we always want to speed things up. So I think that's a really, really good point that we have to, we have to learn to slow things down sometimes so we can listen. The other I word that comes to mind is imagination. Yes. Imagination, intuition, inspiration, those three I's all come from a place of stillness and being honest with yourself. And you mentioned something. So I have a fundamental belief in the way I live and the way I work that absolutely everything is energy. Everything is energy. Your energy, I'm energy, but dreams are energy. Ideas are energy. Mm-hmm. All of this is like we're, we're surrounded in, in this energetic field. And when there is an imbalance, if you look at mother nature as an example, mother nature will always try to balance and harmonize the environment. And it could be very destructive as times, right? In a lot of ancient traditions, it's like Shakti and Shiva, yin and yang, and what we call the masculine and feminine. It's not that anyone is wrong. And there's always a time and a place to act, be decisive and implement, but it should be after the imagination, intuition, and inspiration that says, yeah, but you're doing it for the sake of what? And that's the clarity that you need. It's like, why am I doing this? And that's inspiration, intuition, and and just getting the insights that you get from being quiet and kind of the feminine traits of nurturing yourself, nurturing your creativity, designing a life that has pauses in it and stillness and nature all of that is a feminine trait. And then from there, you step out into the world and you, you decide it's for the sake of what you just acting and just going and go, go, go. You know, it's that feeling of a hamster on a wheel. You're not going anywhere. And we know that's when the problems come in, don't we? We know that's when the problems come in. We know that that's when the burnout shows up. We know that's when the stress, because nothing ever feels complete. Nothing ever feels right. Because we haven't done that work first to work out why we're doing it. So a lot of my friends tease me that's so like, oh, you're going to become a hermit. <laughs> because 
I like being quiet. I always make a distinction. I like being with myself as opposed to being by myself. Mm. And to be with myself is to be present to the conversation I'm having in my heart and in my mind about anything, about my life, about my work, about my clients, and just being present to like on the cliffs to the water and, and even my dog, who I adore, who is like my little guru. But then there's a time to like get out. And as my mother would say, poner la cara, put your face in front of people, get out there, be more yang, be more active, have more of that masculine energy. And I think the world is unbelievably out of balance right now. I'm hoping that the feminine energy rises more uh, to counter some of the negative masculine energy that there is in the world. I hope so too. And I see it happening. Fingers crossed and prayers said. I just want to say, Alicia, with that in mind of how happy you are being with yourself and how you embrace that quiet and that stillness and that listening time. I think it almost makes what you do for the women who come and experience a week with you in any capacity, actually, whether it's in one of the one-to-one experiences, like where they're coming just with you for that week or, or the restorative circles in whatever capacity, it makes it an even, even more special in my mind because the fact that you allow people to come and immerse with you into these thoughts, these practices, that your precious place there on the cliffs, you're not asking anyone who comes to you to do anything that you don't do for yourself and with yourself. And I think that is the essence of what makes what you do so special. Yeah, I really feel it's important to walk my talk. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and and you certainly do. And as a coach, and, and you know this, Joe, a lot of people call themselves coaches, but they're not trained in coaching. And they haven't done the personal work that's required to hold space. And sometimes people come really tender, if, if you will, very vulnerable. And I just find a way of being in that stillness and grounding in a, in a sense of love, because I think people come with fear. They're afraid of what's next, or they're afraid of losing something, or they're afraid of their future. And I hear a lot of like, what ifs? Yeah. Well, what if I fail? What if this had these awful? And it's like, well, what if you're like wildly successful? What if every single dream you ever had will come true? What about those what ifs? Let's have a little balance here. (laughs) Balance again. There we are again. (laughs) Yeah. I know that people listening are going to want some information about how they can find out more about you, particularly about the retreats to begin with. Where's the best way that people can find out more in terms of where are you online? The first place would be my website, which is Alicia M. Rodriguez with a Z dot com. And there's a lot of information there on retreats, but also there's a a page called Praise where people can read what people say about coming to work with me. And I think it's important that they hear it, not just from me, but from people who have actually had the experience. And also on my LinkedIn, I have hundreds of testimonials about my work. I use Instagram and that's at MS, like Ms. MS, Alicia M. Rodriguez. And then I post there. And then my writing can be found on Medium and on Substack. One of the things I'm doing is I'm really focused on my writing practice and I run a Substack called Nothing is Ordinary. Anyone listening who knows that I'm a little bit obsessed with Substack at the moment because it's where everything that I want to read at the moment is on Substack. 
I think with Substack, you can be so intentional. It's not like social media where you just have to like unearth the odd good nugget from underneath the pile of whatever. (laughs) Substack is where, in my opinion, writers who really care about what they're putting out there are sharing their best stuff. I would urge you all, Alicia Substack is called Nothing is Ordinary and it is amazing. I also want to share a bit about the book you have coming out, which I believe is coming out in the fall of next year. Yes, in the fall of 2024. It is called The Shaman's Wife. So one of the extraordinary experiences I've had is I met and lived with a shaman for eight years in Ecuador and together we built that retreat center I mentioned. And so this book is a memoir on a couple of us, it's on my life in Ecuador, but there was also, you know, we talk about transformation. To be perfectly honest, I gave away all my power to him and I didn't see it. After all the work I do, and, and, and it's like you say, you go, but I'm an intelligent person and I, and I teach people how to do this. And oh my God, I felt hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> the story is like how that happened and then how I took my power back and how I used the wisdom teachings that he gave me to actually support myself and now support my clients in living a spiritual life, but as defined by me, not by someone else. So it is in a way a story of being able to transform from someone who has given away her power without even knowing that that was happening to like someone who woke up one day and said enough, even though I'm walking away from a lot of stuff, I need to walk away so that I can create the life I was meant to live and doing that. Well, I for one can't wait until that comes out next year. I I am so excited. And because I feel like I've had this VIP insider peep into it. So now I'm more excited than ever. It's it's kind of as frustrating as, as it is exciting because I want to... I just want to know the rest of the story. I've only had the sneak peek. And the good thing is that Alicia has very generously decided that for her paid Substack subscribers, she's actually going to do something quite revolutionary, isn't it? I think it's definitely brave. It's revolutionary. I love it. Tell people what you're doing for those paid subscribers. So for the paid subscribers on my Substack, I'm actually going to be posting the chapters like a preview of the book, not looking for feedback on my writing. It's more like, here's my writing journey. This is what it's like to write this chapter. And this is the chapter. So uh, I'll be posting the chapter starting in March. And so you'll be walking the book with me in many ways. And I'm really interested in how it makes you feel and that kind of comment, not like you forgot a period and didn't done an eye (laughs) or something like that. I know someone else is doing that for me. There's an editor I have. I don't know of anybody who's done it. It occurred to me. I I have to admit, I'm really scared because if you write too, Jill, but like, don't, don't you often like write something and go, oh my God, is anybody going to care what I say? Is anybody going to care what I write? I think every writer who puts anything in the public domain has that thought at some point or another. I know. And it's really, this is a memoir. So this is really personal stuff. And I'm a really private person. So for me to put some of the emotion and some of that content out there publicly is like (laughs) big, deep breath, (laughs) but I'm going to do it anyway. Well, I'm really (laughs) grateful you are doing it. I think it's a massive gesture and a complete representation of the kind of 
genuine person you are and that that level of authenticity of I'm writing this book come inside the journey of getting this book over the finish line with me you know and I love that absolutely love that and I'm hoping that the story resonates with women in particular who maybe are in difficult situations and they think they can't get out you can get out you can And, and so sharing my story if it helps one person to get out of a difficult situation, if it gives her just that one other ounce of courage she needs or resilience, then God, my work is done. You know, there is that behind it. And and for me, it's also a healing process, healing from some of the things that happened. But on the other hand, you know, it made me a more compassionate person and able to do the work I do today at a level that it doesn't scare me to hold space like that anymore. And I guess it comes back to the thing we were saying earlier, where everything in your past has contributed in some way or another to the person you are now, to the work you do now. Yeah, it's not looking at your life and saying, these are good things that happened to me. These are bad things that happened to me because there are just things that happened to me. And then I'm making a choice about what to do with them. Some, I would say, some were easier to do and some more challenging to do, but I actually really stepped away from calling things good and bad because everything can, even the worst thing can be a good thing eventually. So it just doesn't make sense to me anymore. Mm -hmm. Alicia, this has been such a great conversation. I have enjoyed it so much. I did too. Thank you so, so much. Like I say, everyone listening, I know you're going to want to find out more about Alicia. I'm going to make sure I put all of the links into the show notes, including Alicia's Substack. So do go and check that out. And I'll put a reminder of the name of the book to look out for as well into the show notes so that whenever you're listening to this, you can check and see if that is out now. And just, I want to thank you again, Alicia. We, um, You once said to me that you love working with clients that you learn something from. And I just want you to know that I learn something from you every time we ever speak or interact. Thank you. You've really been uh, instrumental in my being here in, in the way that I am. So thanks for challenging me. Some of the things that I, you had to challenge me on too. It was nice to find someone that could challenge me. <laughs> I'm always here to challenge you whenever you like. <laughs> just a little sneak peek to the readers. Jill and I have the same philosophy We'll kick your butt, but with love. Oh, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And talking of things that we think alike on, we are actually, and this is going to be a really horrible one of those teasers, but Alicia and I have something very exciting planned with the amazing Lauren as well uh, from Box Creative. The three of us have something in the works um, and we're not going to tell you any more about it yet. Isn't that awful? I, I hate I it do. when people do that. I can't help myself. I'm sorry. I'm doing it. But just suffice to say, it's going to be amazing. And anytime, anything I can work with on you, Alicia, and working together is just such a pleasure. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me today. Thank you. Speak to you soon. Bye for now. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that getting our heads together this week has filled your mind with what's possible. If you love the show, would you do me a massive favour, please? Would you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts? It would really help you put more heads together, reach more ears and expand more minds. Until next week, bye for now. Bye.